You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com or click the link in the description of this episode and you can work for seven days with your own Broadway fitness coach on an online app. So check it out. No catch, no gimmicks. Builtforthestage.com. If you like Built for the Stage podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. It'd be greatly appreciated. All right, please enjoy this conversation. On the podcast today, we have Chris Rice. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. We're happy to have you too. And if you're happy after this episode, everyone, go ahead and rate, subscribe, leave a comment. You can also check out more episodes either on the podcast platform you prefer, or you can go to bpn.fm slash built for the stage. All right. So uh, Chris recently wrapped up Pretty Woman, the musical. The musical. And he made his debut in the Book of Mormon. Yes, that is correct. How was Pretty? You know, I'm a fan. Not of just the musical, but the movie. Sure. Maybe I've watched it over 100 times. Oh, amazing. Not an exaggeration. Were well, you that big of a fan going into Pretty Woman? Um, I saw the movie once, so what? no. Uh, <gasps> I enjoyed the film. I wasn't not a fan, but I definitely was not like a mega fan. I was not a 100 times in my life person like you are. Um, but when mm-hmm. I got the job, I rented it first on like Apple movies, and then I bought it. When it turns out, I probably could have got on Amazon for like ten bucks, but right. spent the twenty-two fifty or whatever on Apple movies and have watched it since. And it turns out uh, the book writer for the show also did a, like co-wrote the book for the movie, I believe. So the script's really similar. So it was fun to see the film and then go right into rehearsals. I don't mean this to be offensive, but did you grow up with cable? Did you have cable? Actually, no. So that, I, oh my <laughs> gosh! So a justified question. Sure, I guess it's probably on loop, huh? Uh, yeah, on TBS they did reruns of Pretty Woman, I don't know, every week. Okay, there you go. Growing, the missing link, you know? Growing up, it was Pretty Woman, Back to the Future, and there's another one that's in my head. I can't really put a finger on it. It seemed like TBS and TNT over and over and over Well, again. I've never seen Back to the Future either, so maybe that's the problem. Cable, gah! Have you ever seen Mean Girls? <laughs> I have seen Mean Girls. Happy October 3rd, by the way. Thank you. I 
asked that, I actually... And he's know, wearing a pink shirt, too. I actually so. know the reference, but I don't know the reference. I just had Christina Alabado on the uh, podcast. Who is a lovely human being. She's very nice. And she made... Not made fun of me, but she couldn't believe that I didn't see me. I haven't seen Mean Girls. Oh, come on. See, I, I can judge you if you can judge me. You know? Right. That's why I want to make you feel better and be like, hey, I've never seen Mean Girls. You got to see it. It's great. Forrest Gump. Have you seen Forrest Gump? I have. Okay. Man, I, that was the first movie I remember weeping in. <sighs> right. Gosh, so sad. That anyway. Was a, that was a close one. All right. So Pretty Woman. Yes. You were a swing. I was a swing. And you were a swing in Book of Mormon. I was a swing in the Book of Mormon. So you have swing power. Yeah. Swing nation. Swing bro. nation. Swing power, bro. <laughs> hey. What's your money note, bro? Exactly. How much do you bench, bro? What's your money note, bro? That one's yours, by the way. Oh, thanks. Y'all can DM uh, for one if you want one. If you're watching on Instagram TV, you can pop on over to that. Chris, you know a lot about Instagram. You're an influencer. That's nice of you to say. Some people would say that, yes. You are. Okay, so I'm bringing this up in jest a little bit, but I want to actually, I'll get back to Pretty Woman, but this is a serious question. In our industry now, your social media presence can help or maybe not help you get a job. Well, I think that's more even than this business. I feel like your social media presence, if someone looks at you and you're up for a job, whether you're going for an interview or an audition, if they find unpleasant things, they may not want to hire you regardless. Um, And I do feel like it's a great way to, you know, share your talents or share a little bit about you more than people will see in an interview or in an audition. And I, nowadays they say like, you know, social media really can, your, your presence on social media can really influence job opportunities. I don't think I've ever received, I haven't received a Broadway offer because of Instagram, let's just say that. Um, but I have had some cool doors open to me because of a social media following and a social media presence. So I'm thankful for those that follow along the journey that I share online. It's a good way to connect with people all over. Yeah. Obviously, the content is important. You want to put your best foot forward. You don't want to put anything on there that is of uh, distaste or whatnot. Sure. But the following itself can also help. And I'm realizing that more and more as social media and influencing continues to grow. Whereas before, maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, when it was just kind of Facebook, yes, make sure you don't have any stupid stuff for lack of better terms on your social media in case uh, a casting director whoever looks at it but now it's it's matching up with the importance of a website or even your it could be more important than your resume yeah i would definitely say if someone's name comes up i pop them on instagram real quick i type them in versus going to like google search and i think google search is really powerful and maybe Maybe a generation older than ours would go to Google first, but definitely for the up and coming folks, Instagram right now is where it's at. Who knows where the next platform will be, but right now I feel like Instagram's up there. Last thing about Instagram, I do talk about it a lot on the podcast. Ask Jacob Dickey, um, he'll tell, or, or go listen to his episode. But what advice would you have to actors out there in regards to their page, especially actors that are looking to represent themselves in their in their best light well i think you got to figure out who's it for and what's it for you've got to figure out if it's for your family if it's for quote unquote fans or an audience if it's uh, if your goal is to build a following if your goal is just to share a glimpse into your life and it can be more than one thing i think you got to know why you're doing it first and who who your audience is 
Um, once you get past that, I would say uh, if it is for the public, I'd say kind of treat it like a highlight reel. Uh, share fun moments that are would be fun to talk about or see a behind the scenes look into how your day is or whatever. Because um, you don't want to share, you don't want to air all the dirty laundry. And don't get me wrong, I feel like I'm I post real stuff on Instagram. I'm not just trying to post exclusively highlights, but um, I don't share every detail of my life with Instagram because it is it is a porthole into my life. It is a window into my life, and it's one I'm happy to share with those who are following along and supporting. But also, even today, something was posted online that was trying to like I don't know that was trying to put me in a negative light because I shared some information. And it's like, well, you know, haters gonna hate, and you just gotta keep moving forward and say who's it for and what's it for. If it's not for that person, okay, it's not for them, and it's for those who are willing to support. You know, mm-hmm. it's tough these days because we're not only expected to be totally open in the audition room um, and open on stage. We're also expected to be fully open on social media. So for me, it's a, the path I am comfortable going down, but some people really like being open on social media isn't for them. So you got to respect that too. Of course. All right. Great insight right there uh, for the listeners. Okay. Back to Swing Nation. Are you a good swing? Um, I would like to believe so. Yeah. What makes you a good swing? I, I like to ask this question about the or to the fellow swings out there. Sure, I think being able to stay calm in stressful situations, being a good problem solver, and uh, doing your homework. <laughs> I think right. those are important things, and I do those things. So um, I I gotta say, some people, like my fiance, his name's Clay, he's been a swing on Broadway multiple times, and he loves the thrill of swinging. He loves the, like, the danger and the excitement. I don't, um, I, I'm, I can swing, and I do swing, and I swing well. But uh, for me, it's not something I like thrive on that like adrenaline rush. I'd rather have my track and do it. But uh-huh. I'm more than happy to be a part of if like the Broadway door was open for me via being a swing. And for me, I, that experience was you know irreplaceable. And I'm so thankful for that time. But I also I'm also totally comfortable doing my own show, too. Great, great. If you were to have chosen one of the roles in Pretty Woman that you would swing for, which one did you kind of like thrive on the most that you liked? Well, I got to be honest. Um, I joined the show towards the end of the run, so I didn't get to go on for all the tracks that I covered. But I did get to go on for the Rhinestone Cowboy. Um, and I think that's probably the most fun of all the ensemble tracks for me personally. And I got to do that one the most. So I would definitely say the Rhinestone Cowboy. All right. So the Rhinestone Cowboy. Mm-hmm. We'll go back to that. Yeehaw. What was the costume like? <laughs> Non-existent. Um, in one scene, it was a Speedo. Uh, but for the other scenes, a lot of the time, the, the cowboy track was in like really, really skin tight jeans and just an open denim vest and a cowboy hat. So cowboy boots, there were rhinestone designs on the jeans. When my dad asked who I was playing the night he came to see the show, I told him I was like a, a guy in Times Square kind of, you know, where, like the people ask for pictures. But really, I was a prostitute. So yeah, you were like the naked cowboy. Yeah. I just but, saw him walking. Yeah, around. he's still around, man. <laughs> he's yeah. Same guy that was around when I was in high school. He's. Still jacked. He's kicking it. And yeah. he's, yeah, he's wearing those undies. Mm-hmm. Fitness is important to you. Yes, it's very important to me. You've been at this for a long time. Yeah, I have. I, I, I think my first clue into like the fitness world being a part of what's expected of those who are dancers and actors on Broadway was I was in high school and a local equity house did a production of Chicago, kind of based off the revival, like the skin tight clothes, like the sleek black look. And they usually cast the entire ensemble of locals. And with this production, there were no guys that fit the type they were going for. So they brought the entire ensemble in from New York because there were, I heard the artist, artistic director of the time say there were no fit guys in the area. And fit meaning his definition of fit for that, you know, uh, that show would be like thicker, muscular, um, quote unquote, like sexy. 
which sexy can be all shapes and sizes, and I love that. But for that production, they were looking for a certain look, um, and they didn't have it locally. So I was like, oh, the guys in New York, that's what you have to look like. And granted, there's different types of people, of course, but that and then seeing the revival of West Side Story when I was like, the Jets are all jacked. They look like they have gym memberships. <laughs> and that really motivated me between my junior and senior year to take my senior year to focus on my fitness and focus on my body type. And I realized that was something that was holding me back. And I wanted to not let my physical appearance hold me back from booking a job. And the fun part is, I, after I graduated, I moved to New York and I auditioned for West Side Story and I got the first national tour. So I guess my year of dedication and um, all those protein shakes paid off. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And this is a great topic to kind of dive into because built for the stage is not just about the aesthetic, like I said in the intro. However, sometimes it's important, but sometimes it's not. Sure. You could be a chiseled mus muscular guy and walk in to be role A, I'll just say, and you're not going to get it because of your muscles mm -hmm. or because of the way you look. However, the person that does get cast that doesn't look like you still needs to be built for the stage. They still need to be durable enough to do eight shows a week and do their track. I'm thinking of like Jean Valjean. I'm thinking mm -hmm. about a guy that uh, carries another actor. I'm thinking about a guy that's on the stage basically the entire show. Sure. That's a whole set of skills you have to, uh, you know, incorporate with um, fitness, especially when you're a singer, like being aware of what a, what muscle groups are affecting your voice or can affect your voice, you know, and it's a, you have to be so knowledgeable about your instrument and it's a whole extra element that can only elevate your performance is uh, being in touch with your physical side, you know? Where'd you grow up, Chris? Oklahoma, near Oklahoma City. Near Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. Where'd you go to school? Did you go to school for theater? Yes. I went to the University of Oklahoma. I studied drama for a year, actually, because I didn't get in anywhere for musical theater when I auditioned. Um, and then I eventually transferred in the musical theater program there. Oh, I'm so glad I just stumbled upon this. <laughs> We're all about motivation here. We're all about bettering listeners as much as we can. We're all about allowing people to know that it's a journey of ups and downs. And I'd love to zoom in on your audition struggles getting into a musical theater program. Because now, here you are, show two on Broadway, but yet no one wanted, I don't want to say No, sound. no one wanted me, yeah. you can say it. <laughs> yeah, no one wanted you in their musical theater program. Yeah. And here you are. So how did you prove them wrong or how did you go about, you know, saying, you know what, I'm going to keep going forward well first of all if there's any young listeners out there who young compared to me um who are going through the college audition process i want to let you know that uh life will throw a lot of curveballs and there will be lots of ups and downs in life if you're lucky enough to live it and man i, w I would never want to go back and relive that time in my life because it was stressful like every school asked for different material and uh, you're trying to put your best foot forward and knowing that this audition doesn't just determine if you get cast in the school play, it, it determines whether you where, whether you get into a school to spend the next four plus years of your life there, you know? So um, it's a tough time for sure. Um, I was a part of like a musical theater, like academy, uh, after school program that we all took really, really seriously. And my, my fellow seniors all got into big schools with scholarships and I literally got in nowhere. And it was extremely tough um, on my ego. And I it never, it never crossed my mind to not, push forward and pursue it. It was just a little, a big ego punch, you know, a big like, I was definitely really sad about the process. Um, and just because I wanted to learn and I wanted to grow and I, I was like Mr. Musical Theater, I loved it so much and it was devastating to me to knock it in. But um, I eventually went to school for drama that next year and I uh, 
I took all the dance classes I could. I took voice lessons. I took, you know, all the classes I was able to get in with the musical theater majors or even the non-majors, like acting for non-majors or whatever. Or not acting. Uh, acting through the song for non-majors or whatever. And for me, I was like, I'm going to get there. I just have to get there and perform professionally. I'm going to be on Broadway. I want to do that. It was just, how am I going to do that when there were some roadblocks? So eventually, um, oh, I re-auditioned at their first round of auditions that October and um, was waitlisted. And uh, this is at the university I was at, OU. And um, I found out the last day of my freshman year when I had mentally decided I'd gotten into another school out of state. I was like, I'm going to go to the school in Kansas and study musical theater. And uh, it was in a, a university where you didn't have to audition. So I had auditioned for scholarships, but I had a place there if I wanted it. I had mentally decided I was going to leave the drama program, go to this school in Kansas. And then the head of the musical theater department came up to me and was like, hey, Chris, uh, someone chose another university. There's a spot next year if you want it. This is the last day of freshman year. So it all worked out eventually. And I definitely was still an underdog in the school. I had teachers that said unkind things and kind of made it very clear from an early point they didn't believe in me. What was one of them? I'm curious. I'll take it too. Yeah. Um, well, one was my freshman year when a dance teacher told me, I don't know what I'm going to do with you. You're not a dancer, but stand in the back. Say their, say their name. I won't because kidding. now we're on good terms, but, uh, oh. um, but that's how things work out. Stand in, this in the back, huh? Yeah. Stand in the back. And then I will tell you two years later, I was assisting their dance classes. Oh. Yeah. Um, and a voice teacher, um, freshman year was like, you know, you got in because of me. You're never going to be a singer. I was like, okay, so I'm not a dancer. I'm not a singer. Well, my, I don't think I'm much of an actor either, so my chances are shit. Um, but then my senior year, um, another thing that happened with a voice teacher who I do admire, um, and the thing is I, I fully acknowledge that they were voicing their opinions, I believe, honestly, to try and help me, to say, okay, like, either you have a long way to go or this is a tough business, don't, don't mess with it, like, mm. don't give up, you know? Um, and I think it was set out of love and out of wanting what's best for me, but I chose to take that and motivate, use it as motivation. But um, my senior year, we were supposed to bring in songs from roles we wanted to play. And I brought in the song Maria from Westside. And my voice teacher was like, listen, you're never gonna get paid to sing Maria. Your roommate, he'll get paid to sing the song and play this role all over, but that's not you. I was like, I was devastated. He would not let me sing the song. So uh, my very first audition in New York City, I moved on a Friday. Monday, I auditioned for uh, West Side Story, the Broadway tour, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, Tuesday, I saw Beyonce, which is not part of the story, but just letting you know, it was a good first week. Um, Wednesday, I had callbacks for Westside, and um, I guess it was actually Monday. Um, I sang my song after we danced all day, and the team was like, do you know Maria? I was like, like the song, or like is there a person? And they're like, no, no, the song. I said, yeah, kind of. I was like, you can't really be in musical theater and not know the melody. So they handed me sheet music and said, start there and go to the end. Little did I know it was the part before the high B flat, and so I just sang it because I wasn't nervous about it. I was like... Okay. And they were like, we're going to send you the Tony stuff. So that Wednesday, um, after seeing Beyonce, I went back and I danced again and I wasn't in to cover Tony and I uh, did all the material for the team, did the jet stuff and ended up getting an offer to cover Tony on the Broadway first national tour of West Side Story. And I wasn't, if I'm not a dancer, I'm not a singer. And I, if I'd listened to those words from people that I valued the opinions of and let it stop me, I wouldn't be where I am today. So we just have to keep, keep pushing on through. How about during school when you would audition for like summer work? Were you getting cast in anything like that? Uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. I um, one summer I was not cast in anything, but I was 
uh, given a spot at the Broadway Theater Project. So I went there one summer and had a blast. That was the tough one, though, because that was between my junior and senior year. And I that was the summer, like, that you get the big shows at the big theaters. And I didn't get to audition at a ton, but the ones I did audition at, I was not given an opportunity, opportunity to perform. So um, I was like, kind of as a second choice, went to Broadway Theater Project. And Broadway Theater Project since has gone through a lot of changes, but at the time it was a really, really um, uh, different and like large program that I uh, met some amazing people at, some amazing connections. And I have people that are actually in my, two people that are in my wedding party. I'm getting married next, next month. And two people I met at Broadway Theater Project. So it was a really great time in my life getting to go to that. But I had worked sometimes regionally, and I had a great gig after my freshman year of musical theater where it was like a true summer stock experience in upstate New York. We like did like nine shows that summer, and we had... Cortland. Um, the, the Mac Hayden. It still exists. Oh, okay. But it was like, man, those poor guys, they need ACs in those houses. It's hot. <laughs> um, it was like $200 a week, and we were doing like... I would do a kid's show in the morning, rehearse on my lunch break, do a matinee of a show rehearse during my dinner break, do an evening show, and then do like a changeover for like the set. It was, we were like scrubbing toilets between shows. It was, it was a lot, but I got amazing roles on my resume and had a great time growing. And I think up to that point, I'd been given the opportunity to like be in an ensemble. And I think it was really cool to get a chance to play some roles and like grow in that way. Got it. Yeah, I just wanted to ask to see if there was affirming voices outside of your college program that were helping you along the way? Well, there were some even within my college program. All the guest artists that came in really liked me. <laughs> I don't know for whatever reason that was, Man. but like my freshman year, I was cast as a non-major. I was cast in the musical. My like freshman drama year, I was uh, cast in the musical and in the musical lab that they did of a new show, but it wasn't even looked at for the, um, by the faculty for the shows that they were in charge of. So I did have enough opportunities to perform at OU, even though I wasn't, I was definitely not the star student by any means. Do you still have a chip on your shoulder from that time, however, five, 10 years ago? I mean- When you like walk into the audition room, do you have that like, you kind of recall like, there's people that don't believe in me and I'm gonna show them wrong. I would say um, I recall the situations in a way like when I, when I go back to the school um, to visit or to teach or whatever. Now I've been brought back, brought back many times to teach and that's kind of a full circle feeling. I've kind of let all the negative feelings go but I still remember that they happened. I will say there's something about damaging words um, said to you by those you look up to while I was able to release the ones that they said, like, you're never going to sing, you're never going to dance because I've done those like, duh. But there's other things that were said to me offhandedly in a voice lesson or an acting class. You'll never be this, or you struggle with this specifically. And here I am, you know, a few years out of college, 10 years out of college. And, uh, 10, is that right? I've been out of school a while. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, to hear those, things still come up in like work sessions when someone will mention this. I was like, oh, that's because I'm pitchy. Oh, maybe I'm not pitchy. Maybe that was said to me my freshman year and maybe I should let that go. You know, maybe that's a handicap or a, um, maybe that's a lens that I'm viewing this through, viewing my own work through. Maybe I can take those glasses off and, you know, move on. I had a voice teacher. He's actually my best friend still to this day, but he was so cruel to me that there was like a pond in the middle of campus a large pond. It was a large body of water, but it was shallow, right? But I was walking over the bridge to go to like, or or walkway, a walkway bridge, whatever, you know, something small, like a, path, a walking path. And I was so stressed and down from the lesson I just had. I stood at the railing and was like, I'm going to jump off this bridge. 
And was it deep? Like to no, your death, it's, or just it's, to like it's uh, that's the funny part of the story. Was like I was so downcasted from what he just said to me sure. that I felt like so miserable that I could just jump off this bridge that wouldn't even do anything to me. <laughs> you know? Sure. Like, yeah. Just like I'm just or like I'm just gonna stand here the rest of the day and not move. Like it was just like sure. so dejected, you know. Oh man, no, it's real though. Especially when you realize like what kind of leadership or I should say what kind of instructions that you respond well to. I'm not saying I need to be babied. Um maybe at a certain time in my life I needed to be like coddled and like, you're gonna be great. Keep working hard, you're doing great. But um I definitely respond more to like collaborative environments of like let's work together on this as as artists to find the best possible result versus which I think is kind of a cop out of like, oh, you're not, you're failing because like, that was bad, do another song. Okay, what was bad about it? What didn't work? What didn't serve the purpose we were trying to achieve? There's other ways to go about in, a, in an educational environment. Um, there's other ways to go about finding the result you want versus just dismissing people. And I think that no matter whether that's in college, high school, training beyond, uh, I respond more to information and like collaborative environments than I do to just that was bad. No, you know, I kind of like to discover something in the process. How do you connect that to your self-talk? So bringing fitness back into the self-talk and fitness and everything in life is extremely important. What we say to ourselves, what we fuel our mind with, how do you either uh, combat or accept negative thoughts and how do you turn them into or produce positive self-talk? That's a really great question. I think everyone has negative self-talk. I think that's just human life. So at least we can all relate and say, okay, we're not alone. You know, everyone has it. But it's uh, what value you give to it. Um, there's a great quote that I'm not sure who said it, but it's something like, fear, you can come along for the ride, but you can't drive the car. And, and it's like, okay, your negative thoughts are going to be there. They're going to be present, but you, you may never be able to get them to fully, you know, go on mute and not be present. But because um, honestly, a lot of them are there to self-protect you. They're like, you're, it's giving you a place to hide. It's giving you a shield of armor. Um, but a lot of the time we want to work past that to achieve something. So I think you have to kind of evaluate what the purpose is. Say, what would I be getting from listening to the self-talk? And then say, okay, but what I want is more valuable than that. And then I think with the positive self-talk, I'm a really big believer in affirmations. Um, maybe not like for me personally, looking in the mirror and saying like, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. But there are phrases that I fully like said to myself on my walk to auditions, just on repeat. So I can hear myself say the words. What, or I would, can, what would some of those phrases be? If I'm going in for a role that I think is like cooler than me, <laughs> someone, I'm like kind of a dork, hold the kind of. Um, if I'm going in for a role that's supposed to be total badass, I'll walk down the street and say, you're a motherfucking badass hundreds of times on the walk to the audition. And then honestly, I've gotten to a place where, you know, I may not be everyone's standard of a motherfucking badass, but that's, I'm comfortable being the motherfucking badass that I am. So, and that's something I wouldn't have said six months ago, but positive self-talk has, um, you know, convinced me to listen to my own voice. That was great what you said about, that was great what you just said as well. But oh, thanks. the one thing that I, I really was eye-opening for me that I haven't thought about in a certain way was that we want to be safe. So sometimes negative self-talk isn't just so much about the negativity but it ultimately is keeping us from attempting something or doing something like you're not good enough okay so i'm not good enough so i will stay still i'm not going to attempt this or they're better than you or whatever it might be yeah but ultimately it, it's centered in 
stay where you are so you stay safe and that's kind of human nature protect protect and and make sure that you're out of harm's way absolutely i definitely think it's like a coping mechanism for difficult situations and it's something that we all deal with but i think once you can identify what what safety do i get from this and then if you say it's a safety more important than taking the risk whether it's is the safety more important than taking the risk just wanted to highlight that one yeah Put it on a pillow or something. I like it. Please, all of my <laughs> clients, listen to this right now. Please. Um, but yeah, I think it's when you say that, is it um, more important? And they say, okay, what I want is more important than this fear. So let's kick its ass or, or say, acknowledge that it's there and say, but I'm doing it anyway, you know? Yes. Chris, that's it. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. No, thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for giving you know, actors uh, a chance to use their voice in a, you know, a non-performance way and to share their stories. It's really special. You can check out Chris on his Instagram at ChrisRiceNY. Chris, thanks again for being on the podcast. Thanks for coming along on the journey with fitness with me. You're crushing it right now. He even uh, was on vacation and working out, guys. No excuses. You got to commit, you know? You got to commit. No excuses. (laughs) All right, that's it for Chris Rice. Thanks again to Chris for being on the podcast. Make sure to check out broadwaypodcastnetwork.com. Go to builtforthestage.com if you want to try a free trial or go to the Instagram at builtforthestage. DM us, and we'd love to set you up with that trial. All right, guys, it's me, Roscoe, signing off. Don't forget about Broadway Podcast Network. Go to the website, broadwaypodcastnetwork.com. Go to the Instagram, Broadway Podcast Network. There's uh, tons of good content on our network, like Josh Swallow's Broadway, or Ensemblist, or Equity One, or the Theater Podcast. There's like 90 of them. Just go see which one you like the best after you've listened to mine. And uh, yeah, you, got, you guys have yourself a good day. It's me, Roscoe, signing off. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.